Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Hey everybody, it is Jim Johnson here, your host with Contractor Radio and uh, the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro. It is awesome to be here with you guys again. Uh, we have one of those people that um, throughout my life I've been trying to figure out like how the other half does it. And this guy is one of those guys that's going to give us some insight into uh, that thing about taxes. Like, how do we actually save money on taxes? You use that type of thing uh, to our advantage instead of our disadvantage because of a tax code book that's like this thick. You'll also notice if you're watching on YouTube and stuff, you see I'm dressed a little different today. It is not Halloween. It's in celebration of the World Series. Uh, we have not won yet, but I am in my Astros gear uh, in honor of Verlander getting his first win in the World Series. It was pretty cool whether they win or lose. I'm still going to be happy about that. So uh, big shout out to my boys uh, with the Houston Astros. Uh, this guy, uh, I've been kind of watching him from afar, and uh, he's just got a different vibe about him than what you would normally see from people that are talking about taxes entertaining, intelligent, exciting. I think you're going to love them. This is one of those things a few years ago, I went out and actually found a tax strategist for me. It saved me a ton of money, not only personally, but in my business. And contractors in general, um, we're pretty good at installation. We're probably pretty good at marketing and sales. But the real scheme of things, very few of us are strong in our finances from just running our finances and understanding some of that as well as what we need to do with our taxes and how we prepare our business uh, for those. So uh, this guy is amazing. I'm going to get to him in just a second, but uh, as a special bonus, I brought on a few of our other coaches. Uh, this actually was something that uh, John Townsend, one of our coaches, welcome, John. Good to have you on board, brother. Howdy, Jim. He's like, <laughs> you got to talk to this guy. You got to talk to this guy. I'm like, all right, I, I believe you. I trust you. Let's get him on here. I kind of checked him out. And he is what uh, John says he is. And John's got a few questions. Uh, I wonder if it's kind of selfish, like John wants to need personal tax advice. Like, hey, how can I save money on taxes? And then we got our our wild man, our superstar sales coach here, uh, Chuck Toki. He's going to have some questions. When we sell a bunch, we make a bunch. So what do we do with that, that money? And how do we save money on taxes? And then we have the amazing and wonderful, probably highest rated coach on our team, Jenny, our finance champion, who helps our contractors uh, get their finances under control, better understand their finances, makes finances fun and easy, which I know is hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, she does a great job with that. She's going to have a lot of great questions. She actually had him in one of her group calls and said, hey, uh, this guy is pretty strong. We need to get him out there on contractor radio. And so with all of that, I want to bring in the founder of Tax Reduction University, and MakeTaxesFair.com, the chief tax strategist, superstar wild man, Chris Middleton. Chris, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for having me here. Wow, lots of really nice things. 
<laughs> well, hey, as a host, we got we got to, right? Like we're thankful and grateful you guys take an hour out of your day to come in and hang out with us and and uh, share on the airwaves or whatever they may be nowadays. I don't know if they're airwaves or like digital transformation uh, files with uh, these contractors to help them do what they do and do it better. And then also to be more effective and efficient with their businesses. That's why I'm pumped to have you on here today. Uh, this is one of those things that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And usually when you do, whoever you're talking to is like super boring and they got a tie on, they're like sitting in their office. And, and the second I saw you with a ball cap and like a polo shirt, I'm like, yes, good fit for the show. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, first things first, this is one of those things I like to like let our contractors kind of understand who you are and, and why you're doing what you're doing. Give us the history that has led up to you uh, being as solid as you are in the tax game and uh, this tax reduction university and uh, make taxes fair to, I should remember that. That's maybe my favorite line, favorite uh, website address I've ever heard in my life. I'm a big fan actually of the fair tax personally, but maketaxesfair.com I think is a brilliant name. Tell us how we got here. Yeah, um, so Chris Middleton um, and gosh, yeah. I mean, Years ago, when I was in college and I was I was studying and you know uh, starting my career path, um, I wanted to be a psychologist because I just I have a passion for helping people and I was like, okay, I want to do that. And then got through the program a little bit and I was like, you know, no offense to anybody, I don't want to deal with crazy people. Um, I just like I can't that that's not something I you could could take. And so I went into business classes, took business classes and accounting courses, and those all made sense. And so now what I do today, I deal with money, which make people crazy. So I'm back to helping crazy people. <laughs> I was going to say, you're on this show. What do you mean you don't want to be around crazy people? Uh, there's uh, quite a few of us uh, hanging out on here today. Um, so kind of the financial world for the whole history, or like, was there anything else mixed in there along the way? So. What you know, got out of school and and you you asked about how did we get to make taxes fair and and tax reduction university, and you know I tell this story where I say I was sitting at my desk one day and my checkbook was out in front of me, and I just I wanted to throw up, I was just sick to my stomach, because here I was I was about to write one of the biggest checks I'd ever written in my life, I'd had a banner year in business and I was like this check should be for a Bora Bora vacation or down payment on investment property or my dream car or funding my kids college education you know any of those things and it wasn't for any of that it was writing my tax bill to the to the government and and here i was i was saying you know this is there's something wrong with our system because here i am the tax guy i'm supposed to have all the answers and here i was stuck and so i realized in that moment most accountants are what i would call happy historians, meaning you take them their stuff, your stuff, you say, hey, here's my numbers, and they're they're happily recording history, they're putting the right numbers in the right boxes, and that's important work, and that's not easy work, especially when the laws are constantly changing. But I realized, I said, wait a second, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I started really analyzing my own stuff and my own approach to not only my stuff, but my clients. And realize that there just wasn't enough proactivity and so the result is crushing tax bills right you get crushed by your quarterlies or your annual and you get caught into what i call the big check syndrome you're writing big checks out all the time 
and just kind of getting crushed by that. So, so I, I, that all gave birth to the tax reduction university system, which we, that's, we, we deploy in the make taxes business model for our clients. So you said something there that brought up a memory for me. Um, I've been in business pretty much my whole life and, and, I, and I've paid taxes, but it was never like really too crazy. But then I got into uh, this contracting world and, and first year was like, okay, that sucks. Didn't like that. But the second year, um, I, I was now married and I uh, had to write this check at the end of the year. And, and my wife saw it and she goes, that is twice what I make as a teacher. You're about to write one check that is two years of me working to our government. And I, you know, I really like, I was, I was not happy about writing the check, but I hadn't thought of it that way before, man. It, like that was a big clue to me. Like I probably need to go get some help with some of this stuff. Do you see that often? Do you see people like in that situation? Do they actually save the money to pay those taxes on stuff? Taxes are one of those, the, the probably the largest unbudgeted expense because it's so easy to get caught up in the, the grind of finding the client, bringing in the business, you know, paying, paying and keeping your sales people afloat and all the materials and job and, you know, you just become a busy business owner and watching that bottom line and seeing what the government's taking that's that's where a lot of people get stuck at the end of the year and they're like man what do i what do i do to escape this so there's there's a lot of folks that are have been and are in your shoes my friend so uh, hopefully this might like i said i get pretty curious whenever we get on these things like so you said most of us are reactive um and and not proactive what do you mean by that like can you clarify it? Like, I didn't know you could be proactive about your taxes. Yeah, there there are things, and, and taxes are one of those things, I think the nature of it, because the deadlines are quarterly. The deadlines are annual. We only think about it, and it's painful a couple times a year, you know, versus every day, you know, you're waking up dealing with the fires in front of you, hiring and training new people in, in your system. So we have systems in place for a lot of things in our business because a lot of things that are pain points are pain points on the regular so we deal with them whereas with taxes it's easy to kind of get into this mode of put it off till the end of the year well haste i always you know haste makes waste right and if you try to cram into the last two months of the year your tax savings you know you're going to end up being wasteful in your approach so I have a system where we we help people and say, hey, in January, here are the three things you need to be thinking about in February, March, April, May. You should be thinking about tax optimization all throughout the year and checking in on certain pillars or touch points all throughout the year so you don't get to the end of the year and are like, well, garbage, I don't have time to implement anything. John, Jenny, check question. I got lots of them, but I'm like, hey, you know, I got to let somebody else ask a question here and there. So I do, and uh, this is the question that I get asked more than any uh, any other tax question, I guess, when it comes to sales. Even though I don't answer it, um, these uh, sales reps are begging for the opportunity to write off their mileage or their W two. 
And right. we keep hearing, yes, if you're W-2, you can still write it off. Uh, then you have others that say, no, my, my accountant is saying absolutely no way. And yeah. so, um, you know, there's also the reason why they're fighting to stay W-2 or to stay 1099, uh, right. even though they, they know they're riding the line. And this is something that I, I want to cross that bridge finally just to, this is the answer. This is the answer of how to do it or what to do. So the great question. So pre-2018, the the answer was you could write off as an as a W-2 employee under the uh, unemployed uh, unreimbursed employee expenses. With the Tax Cuts and Job Act of 2018, that whole category disappeared. They took it away, and that that hurt. I mean, multiple industries, nurses. Um, truck drivers were huge because truck drivers would get the per diems for the long haul, those unreimbursed per diem or uh, the per diems that they could take for those rates. And that if their W-2 went on the Schedule A as an unreimbursed employee expense. So the, the short answer is if you're W-2 employee, no, you cannot deduct that for federal. Now state, I, what I see a lot of times is, is you may not be able to get that for the Fed but depending on your state, you may actually, that may actually help you on your state income tax. So record keeping. So when people call me and they're like, Chris, what can I do to save money on taxes? I say, you're going to hate this answer. I'm sorry. It's not the sexy one, but the answer is record keeping. <laughs> Starts with clean record keeping and knowing your numbers. Because if you know your numbers and you know your metrics, then you'll be able to say, okay, here's where I'm heading towards this income. And then you can plan and quantify. I helped a, a gentleman out the other day and he got me all his numbers and we projected out and I said, okay, finger in the wind, we're spitballing, but here's what you're going to, here's where you're going to land with your taxes. And we were able to kind of say, here's some year end things that he can do to drop his tax bill and optimize. So, so I, I do have, so we can't write it off as W-2 anymore. That's gone. There may be state. There's some variance there. Was there anything like added in a different area that helps on that side of things? Like they took one away, but something else showed up? So the, the corporate tax rates and the business tax rates dropped. Um, and so what I tell people at the risk of, you know, taking off some business owners um, you know, you, you can you can help your employees and you can give them reimbursements. You can reimburse them or say, hey, if you keep the records and turn those in. Now, if you're a corporation, you need to have an accountable plan in place. But, you know, take care. I believe in taking care of the people that take care of you. Right. And I found the most successful business owners are those that are like, hey, they watch their bottom line. But at the same time, they take care of their people and, and say, what can I do? to help make you whole or to help you do your job more effectively for me. So, so I would argue, you know, helping your people reimbursing them or providing them a, an allowance of some sort, that would, that would be a, a benefit. So what you're saying instead of just going, woohoo, we made extra money because they work for us, the company, like, Hey, maybe we could actually still get that back to them. Yeah. Uh, that would be. Chris, you know, can you Oh, I was just going to say, can we take this? Because I think the creative approach we've helped a lot of clients with you, um, you kind of vouched out on with us too. Like we've had a lot of CPAs completely confirm that it is, 
It's okay. It's okay. And the way they do it, because you have your sales reps on 100% commission, which is primarily what I see come to me, maybe check you see some others, but the way that people are getting around that is by having an accountable plan. So they have to submit receipts. You're taking the burden on as a company to track those expenses and you're just reclassifying their wages. So there's no extra money going out the door. It actually saves both the company and the employee that tax expense. So, so it's advantageous to both sides. It takes more admin work, but it allows you to save those taxes on both sides. Can you touch on that a little bit, that, that I'm not going crazy in that realm? <laughs> no, and, and Jenny, this is why you're the brilliant person you are, is if you if you keep that, if you track that as, and say, hey, we're gonna reimburse you expenses for mileage and different things, those expense reimbursements are not wages, and those wages, that, not, that reimbursement that's not a wage reduces your workers' comp, reduces your payroll taxes, right? It helps you. So it's a, and there are some other tax-free fringe benefits that you can provide. I always, when, I'm, when we're working with uh, employers, we say, hey, you know, what do you offer in terms of benefits or programs for your employees? Because there are several fringe benefit things that you can offer to employees to say, hey, you know, John, you know, you're bald and beautiful like me. I want to keep you around, man. You know, let's let's have you part of the team. So, hey, can I give you? Yeah, Jim, you're wearing Houston's hat. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, is there something that I can give to John that would benefit him as a tax free benefit that won't increase my bottom line or increase my overhead for workers comp and payroll taxes? Mm -hmm. And so. I have conversations or I give as as part of my system, I give own business owners tools to identify, you know, where they are in the decision tree. And if you're just starting out and you're just growing into, you know, your company and you're you're hitting your stride, it may be harder to, to offer some things like that, you know, but if the long term benefit of keeping sticky employees and keeping them attached to you while leveraging tax code and tax savings that's a very powerful it's very powerful to be able to find and keep good people in an already competitive market and just bringing it back to like the salespeople a little bit too the one the biggest thing i've shared with people when they talk about switching from 1099 to w2 is the people that are going to lose your sales reps that are going to lose are those that are being too aggressive on their tax returns you now take the burden as the company to what's a legitimate business expense, what's the realistic mileage, what are those expenses for cell phone, for, um, you know, trying to think of some of those, the new computer they purchase for their home use of their sales work, any of the stuff that you're not paying out of pocket as a company, but you're going to allow them to take that amount tax-free, allowing you to take it tax-free. So the only people that are going to lose in that switch is those that are just too aggressive on their own because the company is not going to be willing to do that or should not be willing to do that. So and another another benefit that you can offer is a lot of people don't know this. You can give if you have a W-2 employee. You can give them up to sixteen hundred dollars per year of stuff can't be can't be a gift card it can't be cash it can't be travel like hey we're going to pay for 
travel. It can't be, you know, a, an entertainment, go to the World Series and watch the Astros lose. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm actually, I, of the two, I, I'm hoping the Astros win. So. Right, good, good. I was about to turn your mic off. <laughs> uh, but, but what you can do is, let's say you have um, you have a sales rep or you have teams, right, and you want to recognize, you have basically 1600 per year or 400 per quarter. So when you're going to meet with your sales rep, you can be like, hey, you know, John, I, I know you're a fly fisherman. And I know if you buy another fly rod, your wife's going to kill you. So, brother, can you where, what fly rod are you jonesing after right now? You know, and see, he shows you, and you're like, man, that's a pretty sick fly rod. Well, want to I want to say thank you for your hard work. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that, and I promise I'll send it with a note telling your wife that you didn't buy it. I bought it for you. Right now, that that probably is going to go a lot further for you know. John or Jim or whoever, you know, your guy to say, you know, Hey, my, my, my boss cares about me. He knows what I'm interested in. He cares about me enough to realize that. And he bought me a really kick-ass fly rod that I've been really wanting for a while, but I didn't want to, I want to stay married and I want to get divorced. So I didn't buy it. Right. So those are the types of things you can do with that, that, that $1,600 is connect with your people and then you give them something that is tax free because it's under 1600 bucks. It doesn't need to go through payroll. It doesn't need to impact that payroll expense. And now you've created an experience where you genuinely care about that person. And you've, you like, Hey man, I, I am grateful that you're here supporting me and, and our outfit here and your success is our success. And here's, here's a little something nice from the company that says we appreciate you. Is it fair to track those as employee gifts? Is that I would track under? them as employee benefits. Um, I would put them down as an employee benefit and not a gift on the bookkeeping side. Okay. If you put it as a gift, gifts technically are only deductible in $25 per year. Um, but this is specifically under a, uh, a provision under the fringe benefit that's allowed for W-2 employees. Perfect. Did you just say we could only give $25 in gifts to your employees per year? Like that's in the tax code? Not just employees. Technically, it's $25 to anybody. That's the, that's the annual. And it hasn't been adjusted for employees. I can't even take anybody to lunch. <laughs> well, is that all just terminology then? That's a great point. So if you treat your clients, client appreciation, is that different than, is that like a marketing? So, <laughs> is this all technicality? The, the attitude that I take in the, that's prevalent in the industry is let's say you have, you know, somebody that, that installs a roof and they got the gutters and then they did solar. Like, let's say you do all of that and they did some site, like they just had a huge project and you're like, you know what, this client just really, they knocked it out of the park and pretty much leveraged every service that we offer. And we're just super grateful. They're really easy to work with. So you, you give them a really nice welcome to your new home gift, right? A gift basket of something that something they can uh, cutting board or whatever it is that you decide. And you spend 300 bucks on that, right? And with a note, who else do you know that you can brag about your, who else can we serve in your community? I would, that's technically a gift, but I would call that a marketing, like that's a goodwill. That's a, Hey, top of mind awareness, you know, sending a pie at Thanksgiving, you know, this is that's marketing dollars at work to keep you top of mind 
with those that you've served and those that you want to continue to serve. Why I hate taxes. It's all about what you call it and how you classify it. And it's the same thing. It's just classified differently, which is super. Right. Now it's just be simpler. I'll, I'll say this, you know, calling your Gucci purse. If you're, you know, your, your wife works for you or your business partner, you know, you, you're an owner and you have a Gucci purse and calling that your business briefcase. Like I say, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So I, you gotta, you gotta be, keep it within reasonable and, you know, not, not go total hog wild. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, uh, I wonder if, uh, um, why can't I think of his name? Mr. Tesla. Like Elon yeah. Musk. Elon. Yeah. He just, he just bought a new $75 million airplane. I wonder if he like wrote that off as like travel expense and stuff like that. Oh, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You better believe it. So now here's, um, here's something as we're coming towards year end that I wanted to point out. Um, a lot of people, especially in the trades industries come to me and they're like, Chris, if you tell me to buy more crap, I'm going to slap you. I don't need any more crap. Like I don't need any more equipment. I don't need my stuff. And that's one of the, the, my biggest pet peeves with, with tax people is they just say, Oh, well go buy a bunch of stuff. Well, this is the, this is the one question I had written down. Like I was going to ask this. So this is the one that, cause it came up the other day and I've seen <laughs> it a few different times. Like, Hey, uh, I just got this advice from my uh, CPA that I need to like lower my tax burden and I need to go buy a bunch of stuff. What do you guys think about that? And then the advice was god awful because it's just yeah. a bunch of people that don't know any more about their taxes than that guy does. Right. So let's hear it from the pro. What should somebody do? So if, you know, first of all, if you need, if you have a legitimate need, I was, I was working with a tree trimmer the other day. He's building a little tree trimming business, arborist. You know, doing a business at a pretty good clip and i was like tj do you need do you need another box truck do you need a wood chipper right if you have a legitimate need buy the stuff if it if you need it right if you don't then there's other ways so for example um and we i think we talked about this briefly in jenny's group uh that we the call that i was on which was phenomenal by the way thank you for having me on um there's this little little known loophole in the tax code called it's nicknamed the Augusta rule. And what this is is you can rent your home out to your business to on Airbnb wherever you could rent your home out as long as it's 14 days or less during the year. Now the loophole is and this ties into that $1600 fringe benefit that we just talked about, right? Let's say you have a company barbecue. You have your your crew over, you know, five or six people, or maybe it's ten or twenty people. I had a I had a business owner, and um, they had almost fifty people at their house for a Labor Day barbecue bash. Well, at that at that event, you can give and recognize and say, hey, you know, I want to recognize our top producers this quarter. You know, Jim wanted a fly rod, you know, John wanted, you know, whatever, right? They just you can give them their gifts, their their tax-free gifts at that event as a company recognition. And the venue where you'd normally go out and rent a venue for that event 
because it's being held in your home, your business can pay you the value of your venue. Tax who determines, who determines that value? Me? That is the magic of this. So literally there, there are three things that you need to do, or there's three phases to this tax strategy. So first is you need to, before the event, you need to define the event and say, what is it a, is it a mastermind or am I getting my top crew together? Are we business setting, goal setting, or is it a 50 person barbecue? So what type of event? That one. Yeah, I like that one too. Because then you go out and you get a quote. So you reach out to venues local to you and say, what would it cost to rent for the day? And by day, you have to be more than four hours. So four hours or more is considered a day. And in the terms of the IRS, and now you say, I need space for 50 people, food, music, I need audio visual equipment up, I, you know, be able to put pictures and stuff and, you know, show goofy pictures of people farting around on jobs, don't let OSHA see them, right, you know, all that stuff. And then, <laughs> so then, you know, create a create an atmosphere for your employees. And then you can take the value that you get. And I, I tell people, you really want to get three to four quotes. And then say, okay, if, if we're getting eight grand here, five grand here, 10 grand here, four grand, you know, take the average of those quotes and say, here's the value that my business needs to pay me for my venue, my home. I cannot believe how many thousands of dollars I did not take advantage of on that one. So twice, twice a year, 350 people at my house and three, 35 acres, shooting trap, uh, archery targets, uh, barbecue, and like all like done by me and my family and, and my people to take care of my people. Like you have that bid out, that's a 15, 20,000, maybe more event. Yes, sir. Um, wow. So I, I'm kind of sick to my stuff. And here, here's the fun part about this. There's no, as long as you have legitimate quotes i've got a guy who he's local to me i'm in sacramento california and he's local to me he has 20 acres he's got rv hookups for five or six rvs he's got horseshoes he's on a, a lake and he's he hosts every month he hosts a big shindig 20 to 30 people and he got quotes i kid you not it would cost 10 grand for two days Friday, Saturday. So he's like, well, Chris, if I did that 14 days, you know, seven times a year, that's $70,000. He's like, you're telling me I could take a $70,000 write off on my business income for this? And I said, yes, sir. And that 70 grand is tax free to the business owner. So we had a fun conversation on our Party's coming up now. <laughs> Seriously, it was the encouragement to owners. Like, what a fun way to tie into your employee recognition. What a fun way to basically free a charge. You're saving the money in taxes by hosting that event. And I challenge it a bit, too, with even employee re um, recruiting efforts. I mean, really, when you host events with your family and friends, sometimes that is the best recruiting effort for your truly recruiting effort. So correct, is that an opportunity to host an event not even with employees? 
that I love that you said that, Jenny, because I say the same thing. My dad growing up always told me the best way to get to know somebody is to break bread and break sweat with them. So if you're struggling and and in today's world, it's hard to find people that want to work and want to show up and deliver and are aligned with you on your values, right? So if you already have your core people and you're like, hey, you know, Janet, who are you just dying to come up to come to work with every day? Who do you love and respect and just feel like they'd be an amazing member of our team? Invite that person to our employee barbecue. Invite them over because I want to get to know them. That person doesn't know that they're being watched by you and your team. They're farting around and if they're telling off-color jokes and you, you know, that may fit into your organization, I don't know. But, you know, you, you want to make sure that they fit. And you're not going to have any problem, you know, that they're going to get along with others and how do they play well. And and then, you know, reach out to them. And this is a beautiful way to execute the strategy because now you can pop an email out and be like, hey, Janet, thanks for inviting, you know, Bob and his family. What's Bob's contact info? I'd love to reach out to him and then be like, hey, Bob, I'd love to talk to you. Have lunch, catch up. It was so nice meeting you. I'd love to, you know, see what your thoughts are about checking out our organization to come work for us. Now you've got proof that at your event that you had at your home, you got an email trail saying business was conducted. This was happening and it was strengthening your team. You can take doc pictures and send out the uh, war email afterwards, company email. Hey, everybody that came, you know, uh, James was not in attendance. We, we had a really nice fly rod for James. He was out fly fishing, I think. I don't know, right? So, you know, but we want to recognize the people that we gave. So you have a company email that goes out that says, at the event, we did this. Now, if you get audited, you go to the IRS, you say, here's my comparable quotes. I got three comparable quotes for what it would cost to host this event somewhere else. I have email documentation saying that we gave employees a performance awards or you know, thank you awards for being part of our organization. And we use it as a recruiting tool. So look me in the eye, Mr. IRS auditor, and tell me that's not a bit legitimate business, bona fide business uh, reason to have a meeting. So you said there was three steps to it. One of them was that you get the quotes. I remember that. I want to, I want to come back to that because I'm sure there's got, if they're anything like me they, and they are listening to us and they know the kind of value we bring on this show, they've probably got their pen out and they're going, okay, what was step one, two, and three? I, I, did they cover them? Did I hit them? So the three, the three phases are the before the event, during the event, and after the event. So before the event, you need to define the event how many people you're going to have, you know, what type of thing are you going to host? Create an agenda. So create an agenda for what you're going to do and then get quotes. Get those comparable quotes and I tell people get your quotes twice a year. Get your quotes in March before the summer months, get your quotes in October before the winter and holiday season and see if prices went up between March and October, right? So that's your before the event. And then during the event, you really need to document the event, follow your agenda, follow your plan. So execute. 
And then after the event, you need to assemble your audit package, right? You need to get your, your agenda, your planning notes, your quotes, your documentation, your agenda that you followed, pull all that together and then write, create an invoice from your personal, say, I, Chris Middleton, am invoicing maketaxesfair.com. Here's the quote, you know, here's, here's the, I need $8,000 for that event. And then you write the check. Might see some customer appreciation barbecues at the Johnson household. (laughs) (laughs) So if, if some people, I mean, I had a guy in Dallas, he, same thing as you, large acreage, he has a barn, he's got, you know, the man cave, he's got, you know, skeet shooting and all that, ATVs. And he's like, Chris, down the road, there's a place, and we went online, I kid you not, we just punched in the data and it gave us a quote, came up with a $14,000 quote. And ideas for this that you can do are, yeah, employee appreciation, networking, quarterly masterminds, what awesome way to say, hey, I'm a contractor and I want to I want to strengthen my uh, relationship with the local real estate brokerage. I want to strengthen my relationships with the solar person. I want to I want to strengthen my re- relationships with who are the power players that I want to get with and, and really how can we support each other? So once a quarter, you can get eight, nine, ten people. Park your cell phones at the door. They go in a basket, say, hey, this is a distraction-free zone. Every hour and a half, we'll let you get that dopamine hit and, uh, you know, check your phone. Make sure nothing's blowing up. Kids aren't dying or whatever. But check your cell phones at the door. We're going to talk shop for four hours. We're going to get some business done. And so now you've created a venue, a higher dollar value because you have multiple people, and you've strengthened your business. Good tax strategy is going to help your business leverage forward. You're going to save more money. You're going to make more money. And then you're going to be back right around the problem or how do we save more money? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Man, that was that was worth price of admission right there. Just listen to this podcast on that one thing. I'm sitting here going, I heard that, you know, about a year and a half ago when I got my own tax strategist person to go through some of our stuff. They did a really good job too. Um, but and they said, hey, you should do this. And it just happened. Do you run into that a little bit with your client? Like they know I these do. things? They- I do. And for the one-to-one cases that we work with people, um, it kind of pisses my clients off because I don't let them move forward. I say, hey, we talked about that. And at our next meeting, I say, before we move forward, what have you done? Um, there's my whole process. I call it the four E's. I say you need education, you need to know what you don't know. You need evaluation. Okay, how did what I learn, how, how evaluate, how does that apply to me? Once you have a clear idea of, okay, here's how that applies to me, what is my execution? How do I, what are the specific steps that I need to take to execute? And once you've done that, educate, evaluate with execution, that leads to efficiency. And what I find is, having been in the business for almost 17 years, at the end of the day, what is lacking is the evaluation and clear steps to execution. Because when people don't understand, oh, this, oh, oh, I could get a 
$30,000 tax write-off for this and I'm in the 30% tax bracket, that's $10,000 in tax savings. So if I come to you and say, hey, if I paid you $1,500 an hour, would you do something? Would you take the time to do this? That's what I value my time. I don't charge that for my time, but I say everything that I give you, my goal is to give you like $1,000 an hour rate of return so that you're, if you're spending time on something, it's going to be well worth it at the end of the year. It's pretty awesome. That's, that's good. You want, you want to go through those, just what they were again, the four you so guys out there listen? Yeah. Educate, evaluate, execute, all leading to efficiency. Efficiency. Ah, that's cool. I like it. That's a, that's a good one. I, I like ease. These guys will tell you they're kind of important in our world too. Um, one, one quick thing. So on the Augusta rule, so two quick things. Sorry, I lied. Uh, it's been around since 1977. Prior to 1977, it was not 14 days. It was unlimited. So they put a cap on it. Crazy. But that's a tax loophole. Been around since the 70s. If you're a sole proprietor, it really, it really doesn't work. You got to have a separate corporate entity. So you got to be careful as a sole proprietor. Um, but it's really leverage point is for LLCs and and partnerships and uh, corporations. Ah, I'm glad you said that because so that I'm going to ask some questions again. Sorry. Um, there's a big difference between being a sole proprietor and being an actual entity, right? Right. Um, where do I make that decision? Is, is it ever right to be a sole proprietor? It, it can be. Um, there's certain advantages and there's pros and cons to everything in life, right? Having hair, not having hair, whatever, being a Houston Astros fan or not. Save a lot on uh, haircuts and shampoo. It's great. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, in, in most states, and there's some funky states like Tennessee is a little weird. Um, in most areas, it is advantageous to flip the switch from a sole, sole proprietor to a corporation tax-wise when your net profit, your gross minus your expenses, so your net profit is like 60, 70 grand plus. And you're consistently hitting that sixty to seventy, eighty thousand dollar mark. And if you're in that zone, that's when it really the tax savings outweigh the administration costs. Um, I'm not an attorney, nor do I play one on Zoom or TV. Is what I tell people. Um, so I, you know, the legal protection side of things, I, that's a whole different conversation, and I, I won't speak to that. If you're concerned about the legal side, there's some phenomenal attorneys that I have in, in my network that I could say, hey, talk to this person and they can answer those for your state. But um, but at the end of the day, you know, the tax savings can be pretty significant, with, especially with an S-corp, a corporation where your tax is an S-corp. So. So, so, John, you've been pretty quiet with the questions there. Um, I have. I um so, Chris, you know a little bit about what I do here at CCP. I, I work uh, very closely with um, in the boost program, our contractor boost program, which is primarily made up of stage one contractors. These uh, folks who are maybe maybe it's just a, a, a one man or one lady show. Uh, maybe they have a very limited level of support around them. They're typically smaller, younger, who, for whatever reason, they have, they're in that stage one. But you mentioned 
Um, you mentioned proactivity. I mean, and, and I love that from everything I learned about you is, the, you know, I, mean, I mean, here we are, it's, it's November. Like we're, we're in the last couple of months of the year. Um, what's been done is done. Um, but the new year is fastly coming. And for those, my question for you is for the, for those stage one contractors, right? The, 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 the one man show, the one lady show, like what are some strategies they can, some tax strategies they can implement quarter one next year? I mean, is there, are there specific things that they need to be focused on or they should be focused on um, for, you know, the smaller, the smaller contractors who are out there that I know are listening? Yeah. So, you know, step one again is, and it's not the sexy answer, but know your numbers, right? Know your numbers and the highest and best use of your time is not doing the numbers and the highest and best use of your spouse's time is not doing the numbers. So I tell people, if you work with me one-to-one, we're firing your spouse as the bookkeeper. We're firing, you know, we're hiring, you're going to hire somebody other because you'll, your likelihood of staying married will be, <laughs> will increase. And, and you have to have p- people engaged in that role that have the desire and have the know-how. And that's where you may have the know-how, but the desire is like way low. So at the end of the day, it doesn't get done. Um, and so knowing your numbers, but behind that, um, for the, the sole proprietor, for the one that, you know, kind of ending the year, we're going into kind of a, a slow, traditionally, right, in most markets, a slow time of year, weather's turning and less, less projects kind of happening. Um, so evaluating your marketing. So here's another tax gem, and I don't know how much time we have, but um, if you invest in ADA compliance, Americans with Disability Act compliance, and a lot of people don't know in 1990, the ADA was enacted, but in 2008, it was updated. And the difference between 1990 and 2008, other than we all had more hair back then, uh, in 2008, they made the ADA applicable to websites and virtual marketing efforts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is if you identify, and there's a lot of contractors that spend a lot of money on Google ads and outreach, trying to stay top of mind, right? So look at your website, look at your marketing efforts and say, am I spending money on ADA compliant outreach? If you are, there's a tax credit, tax credit of up to $5,000 per year. So what, what would be examples of making it ADA compliant? That there's audio available for it? text to audio, uh, certain color schemes, right? Like for colorblind, uh, font size. So basically if my device, if I set my device and say, Hey, I want content to be delivered to me this way, your website, your email, your marketing, whatever that goes out, that's dynamic, right? That not the static print, but the dynamic online, that that's going to adapt to the settings that I have on my computer, my laptop, my whatever device it is. So that's where that's another low hanging fruit that people just don't know about. So it's called the disabled access tax credit. 
Again, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. If you if you're spending 20 grand a year on email marketing or top of mind, is all that 20 grand ADA investment? Pro- probably not, right? You have to really dissect it and say how much of my spending is ADA improvement specific. That's so, cool. I mean, some of these guys spend a lot of money. They're like they're spending millions. So. I'm yeah. going to get to get their five grand back. And, um, and that, that strategy applies if you're, if you, I should point out, if you have less than 30 full-time equivalent employees or you're less than a million in gross revenue. So the Walmart. So apply anything over that. Okay. So that's for the small guy under a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. That makes so sense. when you were talking about the boost program, John, that's who I thought of was, Hey, the guys that are wanting to grow, this is, Hey, Five grand's five grand. I mean, that's that's oh, a lot of money. Yeah. Absolutely. That's up pretty quick. I think we're already up to like somewhere close to 50 to 55 grand in savings just on this uh, call. Well, to be fair, that, that $40,000, $30,000 Augusta rule, that's 30 or 40 grand in, in money out, but the taxes on that would maybe be 10 to 15. Okay. So, yeah. So I don't want to. I, I mean, I'd love to okay, take So that. we're at 20 grand. We're at still 20 yeah. <laughs> grand for listening to an hour long podcast. Not too bad. That's it. It's doing yeah. pretty good. Uh, any like burning question from Chuck, John, or Jenny? Like, it was something that really sparked you. Went, hey, wait a minute. I, maybe I should ask about that. I got one. Hit me. When you first started talking, you talked about your system, right? Like, there's a system and it's proactive. Um, they should be doing something in January, February, and March. Are those things that they're doing um, time sensitive? Like they're doing them in January because it's January, or they're just doing them because it's something that should be done regardless of the time of year, and you got to break them up. Um, a combination of many, yeah, of both. Um, I, you know, my January ones, for example, are get your uh, get your mileage system tuned up right right because the right time to be talking about hey here's what here's a refresher on when you need to be tracking your miles is not in december when you've passed the whole damn year and you can't you're like well shoot i haven't been keeping track no the the time to remind you that is january and then i i interject that the mileage kind of on a quarterly i say hey if you haven't been already put out your hand and slap it and then okay start doing that right because consistency matters right consistency matters and and so some of those things are yeah the timely hey do this now type thing um and then some of them are you know just hey it's a good time to remind you that you should probably be doing this cool all right um anything else guys so i'm gonna plug you guys um so if this has been valuable you know i'm gonna say you know and i know I've, i've tuned into you guys' podcast. You guys always bring good content. So if you're if you're a contractor listening to this, one, friends don't let friends overpay the government. So share this, share this platform and what you've heard here today. Don't keep it to yourself because business owners, the small business owner of America, I believe is a true hero of America because we're getting up. We don't care what the economy is like out there. We're creating our own economy. We're blessing the lives of the people around us. 
and friends don't let friends overpay the government. So share specifically this podcast, uh, this show, but you guys provide enormous value every time I've, I've tuned in and listened. I'm like, hey, this is good stuff. So if you have a friend that you're you're benefiting from these brilliant minds and all this amazing energy and that one Houston fan, you know, <laughs> share it out, let people know. <laughs> um, thanks, Chris. I really, really uh, appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if we've ever had anybody on our podcast do that before, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, and you're right. I, I was as you were talking, I was like, "Hey, man, like, pass the plate, man. Preach, brother. This is like the things that we should not be letting each." And I've always felt like the elite kind of had these like loopholes and the money to figure out what the loopholes were and hire the best of the best to do it and that kind of stuff for them to to take advantage of all that stuff because the tax code's ridiculous and nobody could ever figure I saw your graphic by the way I was like I didn't even read the graphic because it just bothered me that much it was just like there's <laughs> too much stuff on here to us handling our taxes but that's why we hire professionals like you so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you Chris uh, about your university or about maybe some of your coaching to help them with their taxes what do they do? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I have a, a tax tip Tuesday that I, a newsletter that I give out for free. So you can go to taxreductionuniversity.com forward slash tax tips, plural tax tips. So subscribe to that. Um, and then um, calendly.com forward slash cut my tax bill. So calendly.com forward slash cut my tax bill. Uh, me, I remember my team, I said, we'll talk to anybody and, and we have a solution, whether it's you're just starting out or whether you're in the middle or whether you're looking to exit. We have we have solutions for everybody wherever they're at, because our goal, the, the tax saving system is, I would argue, the most profitable system your business is missing. The tax saving system is the most profitable business your system is missing. And, you know, we're our goal, our mission literally is to save one million business owners up to 50 percent or more on their taxes in the next decade. That's our mission. And that's what gets the other than my two beautiful girls and my family and the things that I, you know, as a dad and kind of a sports fan myself, you know, what what I get excited about and what gets me excited about coming back from vacation and getting back to work is helping people save money and, and legitimately without the fear of audit or jail time. So that's our goal. So your, your uh, tax reduction system that you have, I went and looked it up. I, was, I went through it. The price for it is brilliant. It is absolutely, <laughs> we don't say it on here. Don't say it on here because I want to say it that way so people go look at it. Like they yeah. gotta go, oh, I get it. That was pretty good. I like that. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. So there you go. We're going to put the link down below here on our show notes and stuff. They'll click on it just to go see the price. It's stupid cheap, by the way, I think, for what you're going to get. Um, so it's kind of a no-brainer. But uh, very well done. I'll tease this. Uh, declare freedom from large tax bills. Hey, man. All right. <laughs> Good deal. I like it. All right. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. Uh, John, Chuck, Jenny, thank you for taking some time today. Uh, great question. Chuck was here for like one question, but it was a big one. Uh, it's super important because that's the one that keeps getting bounced around all over the place. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Uh, I appreciate all you listeners out there, all you viewers out there on YouTube. 
uh, you guys make it possible to do this stuff and we do it because of you. Uh, and on that note, thanks for being here, Chris. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. If you don't mind, just hang out for a couple seconds afterwards. I'm going to let everybody listen go and we'll let all of you guys go back into the green and room. Go Astros. And I uh, see he saved himself. <laughs> All right, everybody, that was Contractor Rant. What an amazing show today. Just a couple of little golden nuggets there. I'm like, geez, that would be on my calendar. As a matter of fact, I made a, like a note here. I was like, put the Augusta rule on my calendar to incorporate that into what we do. Um, I, I looked at the ADA thing. doesn't work for me, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but we, we are ADA compliant. just like to have the 5000 bucks back. Um, the three step or three phases, the before, during, and after the Augusta rule, I thought was really good. Uh, how you're looking and being proactive. There was a lot of meat in that content. And I noticed something about Chris that was, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but he's very serve oriented. He's very about like wanting to help people um, not spend money that they shouldn't have to spend. Uh, it's super cool to see people out there helping people find a little bit more financial freedom. Uh, just due to having the knowledge that they need. And it sounds like the guy's got the knowledge. So probably worth your time to go and check him out. If you're looking at trying to get control of your business so you can grow your business and find that personal and financial freedom we were just talking about, and you want some coaching to get all that stuff in place and to uh, be associated with great people like Chris, uh, come check us out here at Contractor Coach Pro. Uh, you can go to contractorcoachpro.com, fill out a quick assessment up there, uh, kind of gives us some insight into what your business is like and how things are going for you right now. And for doing that, we'll do an actual coaching strategy call with you, which means that we'll do some coaching. We're not going to give you a sales pitch. We're going to say, hey, that based on what we see from your business um, and your insight here today in our meeting, these are probably two or three things that you could do right away uh, that would improve your business and your life tremendously. And if you like that kind of coaching, you want to engage with us, great. That's awesome. If you don't, that's fine too, because that's what we're about here too. We want to serve this industry, help you become more professional at what you do and help you do what it was you were after when you started your business, which was to find a little freedom. Thanks for joining us here on our episode of Contractor Radio and go Astros. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.